Building Years Podcast with Justin Alexio and Jeremiah Watkins. New episodes every Wednesday. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Building Years, everybody. This is Jeremiah Watkins. This is Justin Alexio. And I'm pretty excited for for the boy who's in the room with us right now the little boy i know so he's sweet. he's a man you guys are so sweet <laughs> he's a he's a he's a man he's uh no this guy uh he's one of the hardest working comedians that i know been a good friend for years and uh he uh actually helps us uh produce this podcast um please welcome to the show ari manis everybody thanks for having me I, you know i don't even I just want to make a correction. I don't help you guys produce this <laughs> podcast. You do this all on your own. I just help you get it out there to the people. Right. So you are. That's a, what a producer uh, does. So David. you're the uh, you're a segment producer. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Either. I don't know what it is. I run the network that you he guys runs. Are on. The, he runs the yeah. network, and that network is Stand Up Talk. Standuptalk.com. Everyone, I am sure if you're listening to this, you already know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. We so try this is the man behind the face. We try to give it shout outs, but sometimes we uh, we forget. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But uh, wh- when did you actually start Stand Up Talk? I don't have an exact date, but I think it was before I met you. So I'm going to give, say, a ref- roughly two years ago. Two years ago. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, how's it been going since then? Well, I... Uh, I'm a millionaire, <laughs> and no, it's uh, you know, it's fun. It's more of a hobby, and I haven't made a whole lot of money or any money from it for that matter. But it's uh, people know what it is. Some people only know who I am because of it. So it's helped me build a few connections, and it's cool to be a news source and help grow the stand-up comedy scene and culture. Oh. That was, yeah. uh, that was a nice quote. <laughs> Is that professional? Wow, that was, that was that so was educational. Yeah. You're not just a dumb comic. No, I, you know, I just, if I could help one more person become a stand up comedy fan that wasn't before, then it was all worth it. Wow. I like that. That's look, good. Look at you. So, how long have you actually been doing uh, stand up comedy? I've been doing, I started in college. But when Which I was in college, I went to UC Santa Cruz, and there was a TBS comedy competition. Very funny. <laughs> Legit. Legit. You know, television network. Uh, it was TBS rooftop comedy competition. Yeah. And I entered it, and I did really well my first time on stage. So I instantly got the bug because my first three minutes, I practiced it to a couple friends, went up there, did well, made it to the second round of the competition before being X'd out because I wasn't actually good. And <laughs> Wait, <laughs> did, uh, that was the second round where you So said? the first round I did good. And even the second round I also did good and I thought I was gonna get how move many on. Mi- how many minutes? Three was minutes. Oh so very you're like, short. You're yeah. like, I'm spitting my fire, baby. <laughs> totally. Totally. And it was my so I did I actually had a different three minutes each time, which most people didn't do, by the way. Yeah. Most people did the thr- same three minutes. Really? Every time, but I was like, "No, that's stupid. I'm doing. I'm never doing the same material." Twice. Was it all college kids? <laughs> yeah, everyone there was a college student, and and that was my mindset. I was like, "I'm never going to do the same joke twice." Which, <laughs> <laughs> but is that funny when you start out? You're like, "Man, I'm never repeating material." And I just had no idea. You know, I had no idea what stand-up comedy was. I was doing it after that competition every three months, and I was like, "That's 
what you do as a stand-up comedian. You do it every few months, and I'm going to be really good. (laughs) 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 So then I moved here after doing it for six months in Santa Cruz because, you know, of course, I was ready to move to the big city. I had conquered Santa Cruz. I was the best stand-up comedian in the country, and I was ready to move to L.A. (laughs) Of course. And make it. Yeah. So... (laughs) TBS had already <laughs> so said you know. that you were very funny. Right. Whoever won yeah. that contest, were they were they good or was I don't even know who won it. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, I do remember uh whenever I first saw uh whenever I first met you, uh I saw your, your Facebook profile photo and it was you in front of a, a TBS thing <laughs> yeah. with stand up and I was like, dude, this guy's <laughs> doing good. I was like, All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they gave me a really high quality picture with the TBS mic. TBS, I even had I had a nice TBS video of me killing my first time ever on stage, and I hate to say that I was killing, but I mean you can listen to it. I did very good. It was two hundred of my peers. Now, do you still use? I do that not tape? use that. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I did for a while though, like too long. Why wouldn't you? Uh, That's my hot three. Yeah, so I moved out here, you know, with a hot three minutes, <laughs> thinking I was ready for the big city. I had been doing comedy, you know, I had done comedy maybe six times total. That's and, pretty crazy. Um, but then I came here and I basically opened my mind to what stand-up comedy really was, seeing people like Jeremiah and people doing it every... <laughs> <laughs> people who do take it seriously. And I was like, yeah. oh, if you do it every three months, you're not an actual comedian. You're just someone who kind of does it as a hobby. So I obviously stepped my game up and do it almost every night now and practice my jokes and do them more than one time. And my whole life has changed, guys. <laughs> and now I'm a millionaire who runs a stand-up comedy magazine. Have a... No. You ever... I feel like... You've pulled a groupie before at a show? You ever got one? I don't know if I want to call them groupie, but... Did you ever, ever have a girl that really enjoyed your set that something, some things led to another? I have met women through... The art of stand-up comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I have gone on stage. I have had... Actually, I've had both good and bad sets and still met. I've had terrible <laughs> sets where I probably... Anyone who's in the audience was like, well, that guy's not funny at all and still been able to meet a woman after that show. <laughs> uh, I had... Uh, I don't know this comic very well, so I, I probably shouldn't use his name. But Use a name that rhymes with his name. <laughs> that way, it's still in disguise. But me and Justin know who he is. Okay. Uh, uh, Fathom Levine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I thought I would know who you're talking about. I have no idea. No idea. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a good disguise. No. Okay. Well, he was telling this story, and I was more, I think I was just more eavesdropping. I don't know him. So I was just kind of like in the vicinity. You know, in the comedy store patio where whenever you have friends around, you're just like, kind of in the conversation right. even though you don't really know sometimes I, yeah. bigger people well that this happened a while ago and uh, he was telling this story about he he talked about the, he said it was years ago where uh <laughs> this is gonna ever prevent me from getting on house party <laughs> 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 any of those shows are workaholics but uh he said that after a show this girl was like uh like crazy like a crazy uh, about him like maybe a fan or something and she started like blowing him, put a condom on his dick, and then they started having sex out like behind one of the improvs, like by a bush. 
<laughs> and then, like, she gets a phone call from her boyfriend while he's having oh sex with her, which he didn't know about. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, I'm coming. But, like, she's saying on the phone, like, while he's having sex with her, like, he, like where the, like, she's about to go to the parking lot. Like, she's on her way to the parking lot because he's like, where are you? <laughs> so yeah. he was at the same show. Yeah, <laughs> at the same show. Oh, my God. That has not happened to me. Yeah, I, 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 I haven't had any uh, experience, but you know, nothing. I mean, remotely that's close. that's just Fatim Levine. So. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I have no idea who you're talking about, but that guy sounds like <laughs> he's doing something right. <laughs> would you Would you ever want that kind of those kind of fans though? That it's like that crazy. You know, at this point in my life, I'm gonna say no. Yeah. But when you're in the situation and you have a beautiful goddess coming up to you after the show and offering to put a condom on your <laughs> penis outside and you just think she's a single young lady who likes you for your genius, might be hard to say no. <laughs> yeah. You ever uh what how, how do you handle hecklers? You uh you more the nice guy, you more the I'm gonna lay into this motherfucker. You know, of course it all depends. If it's a heckler that hates you, then I usually show hate back. But if it's someone <laughs> drunk and they don't really know that they're heckling and they're kind of just think they're part of the show, then I usually try and make it funny and shut them up at the same time. But yeah, so it's kind of just gauging it. So I've definitely had times where I ruin the entire show and <laughs> <laughs> and insult them and, and yell at them and <laughs> tell them to get the fuck out. And then I've had times where I try to just ignore it or make it f- into a funny situation. Yeah, uh, Justin and I were doing a show at Iowa West recently, and uh, a guy came up to us after the show, and he goes, do you perform at the comedy store? I'm like, yeah, I'm there all the time. And he said, uh, okay, yeah, it was definitely you then. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, uh, he goes, I went and saw a show at the comedy store a few months ago, and uh, you were calling these people in the front row white trash and <laughs> rednecks, and uh, and they were just like really annoying. But uh, you shut them down, and I remembered that. <laughs> I was like, it, it is something people remember for sure. Yeah, I was doing a show at the Wood in San Diego. I don't know if yeah. you guys done that. It's a great show down there, uh, ran by a funny guy named Josh, and he was hosting the show, and there was this drunk bitch in the second <laughs> row just heckling him and he was kind of taking the mean route telling her to shut up and it worked and the audience was on his side but it just she she wasn't listening she kept interrupting no one was kicking her out so it it messed with his set a little bit he didn't have a bad set but it wasn't what he wanted to happen because of her mm-hmm. then he brings me up and my, this is how i started my set i go give it up for your last comedian i go ma'am i'm so sorry that he was calling you a stupid bitch. You do not deserve that. And she's like, thank you. Thank you so much. And I was like, do you think you could just open your mouth and let me fuck your face? And the, <laughs> <laughs> and the, the audience went nuts. <laughs> they went fucking nuts. And it handled it great. And then she interrupted one more time. And then I basically just said the same thing. I was like, that's great. But can I just seriously just fuck your face? <laughs> and then she went out crying. but i did not apologize or feel bad for at all she deserved it she was a heckling bitch (laughs) oh man ari uh i I didn't expect that dark side (laughs) (laughs) 
but and I think that that's probably why the audience went nuts is because right. you were so, you handled it so nicely and then it's just a, a nine a hundred and eighty degree right, right. Uh, turn. That's uh. yeah. I feel like your uh, like your comic persona is a little bit darker than cause to me. You're a very nice guy, but like. Like on your, you know, your social media presence, your stage presence, you're kind of like this crass dude. Do you like, <laughs> do you like playing that up? Um, I think I'm definitely myself on stage, but at the same time, you can't show weakness up there. Oh, I like no. to think you can't. If as soon as you show weakness, the audience is gonna exploit that weakness. So I guess I'm just myself, but just slightly tougher <laughs> and and more. Uh, Cool. I'm like a cool nerd. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, you definitely have a couple of jokes where you the setup is like very like you're like I'm a nice guy, and then <laughs> and then the ending is like, oh wow, he just said that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like I'll start a joke about my little brother who's this nice little kid, and then I'll talk. I'll, it'll end about me sucking a woman's tits. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that was the perfect the, that, joke. That was the joke I was thinking of specifically. Yeah. Is when you go sucker tits. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I could do clean. I could do dirty. But it's more fun I to mean, be dirty. You did TBS. Yeah. You could do clean. <laughs> 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 it's more fun to to be outlandish and just I like I like shock humor and I also rather an audience. Not that this happened, but I would much rather an audience be shocked or boo or something than just kind of sit there and be oh, bored. Absolutely. Have some yeah. reaction rather yeah. than them just staying at this normal state where they're like, okay, well, that was another guy. Who's next? Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather, I can't believe he said, suck on her tits. <laughs> Le- leaves, leaves them thinking with something. That's right. Now, you've been on, uh, I feel like you've kind of been on uh, both sides of. Uh, well, not just both sides, many sides of the comedy world where you have worked at comedy clubs and uh, you also help um, uh, like Barry Katz with his mm-hmm. podcast and stuff. Do you think that that helps you as a comedian because you're taking in so much and you're learning? Or I think, I think it does. The, the way I look at it, first of all, is if I have the time to do something, I'll do it. I'm not going to say no to many opportunities. So when I first moved out here, I interned at Laugh Stub because I saw that they did the website for all the comedy clubs Mm -hmm. in L.A., or most of them, not all of them. And so then that was able to build my relationships. I built relationships with the Ice House and the comedy store a little bit to where both those clubs offered me a job. So I worked at the Ice House, and I helped them start an open mic because I was doing so many open mics at the time and they didn't have one. So I started one there. And then I edited video for their YouTube channel. I started a YouTube channel for them. And I do that. And then I was just recently got hired as a door guy at the comedy store and I worked at, at Lovitz. And I feel like it definitely shows you a side. You build re- First of all, you build relationships with the club to get you more stage time. But you also see what those clubs like and don't like within comedians and other things. So you see these comics who or maybe really aggressive about being booked and you hear the booker just being like, oh, this guy sucks. He keeps hitting me up. And you go, okay, well, I know never to do that. Right. I wish I felt I already did know, but it just confirms it that much more. You see the booker being like, oh, fuck this guy. He emails me every day to try and get on every week. And I'm like, okay, Oof. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, don't do that. 
And then you're basically making like a ton of mental notes as you're going along, basically, right? Right. And yeah, you're making these mental notes. You're building these connections. You're watching comedians. You're performing. So it definitely helps you in that. And then uh, I edit and produce Barry Katz's podcast. And and that's cool, mainly for the fact that I just got to hear so many stories of how he did this or how this comedian got this or this relationship. And this, and and you know, I meet him. Has it done anything for me uh, in my comic career? No, he's not that type of relationship. He doesn't submit me for things, really. He doesn't. Uh, but but would he watch my tape and critique me? Has he ripped apart my set for me? And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So when you showed him that first tape, were you like? Uh, yeah, he's gonna lo- he's gonna love this. Or I honestly were you hesitant going into. I it? was hesitant because I've seen him rip apart sets before he ripped apart mine. For example, I'm not gonna say name, but uh, Fatim Levine. <laughs> 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 but a comedian friend of mine showed him a tape of his, and Barry's feedback to him, I think, was, if it's not funny on paper it's not going to be funny on stage. Basically saying it wasn't funny. <laughs> wow. In Ooh. slightly nicer terms. But he basically said, write out your jokes, and if they're not a joke on paper, they're not going to be a joke on stage. And I might be misquoting it. It wasn't the exact words, but it was something along those lines. So I, that was the what I had about his criticisms before giving him my tape. Mm-hmm. And then I gave him my tape, and it was a little bit better. He said, He said... You have a great stage presence. You have great jokes, uh, but you're you're smarter than that, and you're making jokes about sucking on girls' tits. And you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to be doing that. No one's gonna put you on TV with that, which is all true. Which is all very true. And so since then, I've you know I try to when I come up with not my mindset is still if I think of a joke and it's dirty but it's funny, I'm not gonna not do it because mm-hmm. it's dirty. Will I try to think of cleaner jokes? Yes, and I and I have a clean set, but I'm not gonna not do something if I like doing it and it's funny. Yeah. So. Uh, so yes. Long story short, I think uh, working behind the scenes, starting these comedy websites, I don't see how it'll hurt me. I, it's I learned from it, and I think it's well, I yeah. think it'll help you. And with I mean, you're bouncing around enough too, where you're not being associated. With like, one oh, thing. he's the laugh stub guy. Right. You, do you know what I mean? Like, right, yeah. You, you I, do enough things. I make that very clear. I try to make very clear that first and foremost, I'm a comedian yeah. at all times. So I'm doing a lot of different things to where, like you said, some people know me for one thing, some people know me for the other. But you know what I think helps someone the most? And you do this yourself, and so do you, Justin, uh, as a comedian? Producing a show. And, yeah. And you hear some comedians going, I don't want to produce a show. I'm a comedian, not a producer. And it's like, first of all, most producers you talk to don't want to be a producer. That's yeah. not why they do it. You do it because you get stage time. You do it because, uh, you know, it helps you get stage time, be- not on your own show, but other people book you because of it sometimes. And then the other thing is you learn so much because, again, you see those comedians, how they're trying to get booked on your show and how you book your show. And it teaches you, okay, I'm not going to do what this guy's doing to me right now, trying to get on my show. All these little things. Yeah. I've yeah, I've learned also too on on the uh on the booking side of things. If you are trying to book a talent, mm-hmm. I've learned the hard way over the years of how to approach and how not to. Right. 
Be, and that's just like a, a professionalism thing, which I think is important. Whenever, even whenever you go into the room and maybe you are meeting, uh, like in an audition, um, if you're meeting people for the first time, the way you talk to them or whatever, and yeah, I feel like that's that's an, an important thing to have because if you if you know how to talk to talent, then you also um, can have a standard of like, oh, this is how I should be talked to once I get to that level. Right. But yeah. Do um, whenever you think of your since you do so many things, what is it that you like end game? Like, what would be your thing, your dream job, basically? Because um, you because you're you, you're kind of a renaissance man with the the stuff you do with with, Jack with of stand all up trades. and yeah, I definitely like. You know, I like doing everything, and if I had the ultimate dream job, it would, I guess, to be writing, acting, and performing in my yeah. own things, and pr- and producing my own things. So, like, almost like an Apatow type. Yeah, like Apatow or Sandler. Yeah. Like, like those type of people. Do I expect that to happen? I don't know. Probably not. But that would be the, that would be the dream. Are you... Uh Louis are C.K. You, are you deal. wanting so you're wanting like to do specials and stuff eventually and and tour? Do you want to tour? Because certain comics I, really want to. Other I comics. love doing stand up, and to me, all those other things I like doing as well. Yeah. But the real goal would be to be a headliner. Yeah. Be a headliner comedian. Yeah. The way I look at touring is it'd be cool to it'd be cool to tour every once in a while, but I would. Almost like to do it more how uh, Rogan does it, where he just will do like these amazing one nighters. Right. At a oh yeah. I don't want to be a road dog. Yeah. yeah. He just does like a one nighter, like in Canada or whatever, and it's like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's the show. <laughs> that's the thing. It, that's the other thing. Going on the road and doing awesome shows is a lot of fun. Going right. on the road <laughs> and doing like a triple run, which I've done before. Now I f- won't for our podcast yeah. listeners explain what a triple run. Is so a triple run is essentially it's this guy uh, I think his first name's Dave Dave Dribble he started these runs of comedy shows in tiny cities throughout the United States that aren't big enough to have a comedy club let's say or even uh, a venue that's made for entertainment <laughs> so <laughs> they have speakers maybe and right so you know he'll, there'll be shows at bars casinos bowling alleys. So I did this Oregon trouble run. Basically, my friend, uh, I think you know him, Patrick O'Sullivan. Do you guys know him? Yeah, yeah. He's a I funny comic of mine. And we were doing shows together, and he was telling me that he did these triple runs. And at the time, I was, you know, eight, maybe a year and a half in a comedy. Hungry for stage time. Hungry for stage time. And it wasn't, yeah. So I was like, oh, that's, that sounds fun. And he's like, it's not that fun. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, doing a half hour in front of an audience, that sounds pretty fun. He's like. Well, maybe I'll try and set you up with something. I was like, hey, I'd love that. Yeah. And so he set me up. And I went with this headliner, uh, this triple run headliner, I should say. <laughs> not He's not a national touring headliner, but he's a headliner for triple he's runs. He's a triple run uh, <laughs> He's a, a, sat- 
A Sacramento. I, I hope that shows up on his posters. I, I, Tri- man, I don't mean that to sound insulting. He was a nice guy. But uh, I picked him up in Sacramento. Oh, that's not a good thing. Because he's a Sacramento-based comic. He lives in Sacramento. Okay. And then we drove to our first, first gig in Oregon, which was at this casino. And we get there, and it's actually a cool stage. I mean, it's made from music, so it's higher than... A, it's kind of like the stage was at Lovitz. It's a little too high. Mm-hmm. But it's a... At least it's a room that's made for entertainment. But you hear the casino in the background because it's an open back. So, <laughs> so like you're hearing slot machines go off. There's a bar and music playing in the background. It was a free night. And I think they just had it there just so they could say to like a family coming there, hey, we're not just a casino. We have other things. <laughs> but really, it was just a casino. <laughs> so you had like a few people that were eating in the back, but the first few rows were completely empty. Oh, There's no host. I'm the feature <laughs> slash host. So I, do, I go up there and you I do a half 30. hour, yeah. and then I bring up the headliner. So because I, even though... It wasn't good. I actually didn't care, or, or at least I wasn't nervous because I had been doing so many shitty shows around L.A. So I was like, okay, there's just another shitty show where I'm doing really long time. So I went up there, didn't care, did a half hour, get off the stage. The headliner's on. We're both equally just bombed hard. <laughs> and this lady is in the back, and I'm just standing there in the back watching the headliner. And she comes up to me, and she goes, I want you to know I come to this show every week, and you guys are the worst I've ever seen. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and by the way, this lady was drunk and heckling and yelling things out the whole time, not listening. It was just so insulting and so crazy, and she didn't even give either of us a chance. So I, didn't, I wasn't hurt in the sense where, oh, no, she watches every week. She knows what she's talking about. I was just like, she's just a drunk bitch. <laughs> I, I've called a lot of girls bitches on this podcast. I just realized. <laughs> I, I was starting to notice. <laughs> but, so I said, but oh, they deserve it. So, but she deserves it. So I was, like, I was like, I'm so sorry you feel that way. I was like, who are your favorite comics? And she's like, Kathy Griffin. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm not. Yeah, I'm different than Kathy Griffin. So I, I could see why he didn't like me. So then the next day we drive 10 hours to do another show at a bowling alley in Klamath Falls, Oregon. And yeah, I've never heard of Klamath Falls, Oregon either. And again, it was just a terrible show in the back of a bowling alley while you hear pins <laughs> go. And I was like, okay, well, that's that's what the road is. Now, what I hear with triple runs that you make either little money or you break even or sometimes you even lose money after it's all um, done. So I broke even. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I think I got three hundred dollars total r- around there, maybe three fifty. And what's what's the time span we're looking at? I think I was gone three or four days. Okay. And with gas and everything, I think I just about broke even. I mean, that's not, if you're counting wear and tear on your car overall, you probably don't. But yeah, you don't do it for the money. Although the headliner I was with was doing it for the money. Wow. And he had merch and stuff to sell, but no one, at least (laughs) the one I went, you're not good luck selling that shit. Wow. I had, I was talking to, uh, uh, a friend who uh, is a comic that we know, and uh, I was telling him how uh, I was going to do Vegas another week in Vegas mm-hmm. later this week, and I was like, uh, he's like, man, I really want it. He's like, I really want to do Vegas. And I was like, uh, 
I don't know, man. I was like, it's pretty cool the first time, but like only for the first three or four days, and then it's it's really bad. <laughs> it's really really bad. It's just that that thing where it's exciting at first, but then you're in, you're trapped. You're in Vegas for a week. Yeah, you're just trapped in your hotel and. Well, it'd be even worse for you too, because you have a girlfriend. Yeah, you're there with one other comedian. That I don't know if you. It depends also who you're there with. If you're right. there with someone who's like-minded, you can maybe go out and do something. But he might be an older headliner that you're. I don't. I don't know. So it, it's probably even worse for you because it's not like you're going out and partying every night. Dude, I yeah. did an old guys weekend in La Jolla, <laughs> and one of the guys brought his girlfriend. The other guy brought his entire family, <laughs> and I walked in, and he goes, what are you doing here? He's like, I didn't know that the host was going to get a room. I was like, what? I think I know this place you're doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that has that's part of the road, too, is who you're going with, and that's why you see a lot of these great comedians. They just bring their friends with them because it makes the road Dude, way so better. Oh much yeah. better. So if you're so there with better. no one with and then you don't know anyone, you're gonna be bored and miserable. Or if you're there with someone you don't like, you're gonna hate the road and then you're gonna wanna come back and never do it again. Well yeah. Uh, then that's I think that's an important thing for younger comics to know too. Whenever they see certain people going on the road with people, how did that guy get that spot? Not only do does the headliner think that they're funny, but more importantly, they want to hang out with them. Yeah, they they're willing to spend time with them, right? Rather than somebody else who they don't want to take a gamble. Like, ah, oh, I'm funnier than this guy. Whatever. It's like, yeah, but you you're way more annoying. Right, <laughs> and and that's yeah. the other thing is I hear people go, I'm gonna ask that guy if I could go with him on the road because he brings this guy. It's like, yeah, but exactly what you said. They're friends. Yeah. So you may ask him, and he may even think you're funnier than the other guy, but that's not really the point you're with that you're going to be with that guy all day for three days so if he doesn't know you he's not going to want to take that risk yeah that you're fun to be around yeah because you probably suck no yeah (laughs) 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 well we already uh we already heard that awesome triple run story but uh uh do we want to do the last segment real quick let's do a quick hollywood bitch slap Ah. it's just the time hollywood has bitch slapped you ari Anytime um, where you felt like nothing. Okay, okay. I have a recent good one for this. Oh, All right. sweet. And I didn't even know this segment was coming. <laughs> Heck yeah. So do you guys know Jake Marin? Oh, uh, yeah. He's a really dude. nice guy. Yeah. Uh, I think he might be moving back here. He had some health issues. He's in Texas right now. Anyways, right before he moved. Uh, also, I sh- another person know for the story, Ben Glebe. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, ben Glee, I think he helped start Comedy Juice. He has his own television show uh, on the Game Show Network called The Idiot Test, uh-huh. which I believe is based off an iPhone app. Anyway, uh, Jake had done a game show earlier this year, and he didn't win, but the audience had voted him back on the show, and then he lost a second time on the show. So he was really well received on that show. So the game show uh, casting people were casting the idiot test and they called him and they're like, Hey, do you want to do this other game show? Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, sure. And they're like, Hey, you bring a partner. So he brought me with him. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know Ben Glebe. I think I've met him once really briefly, but I don't know him. And then Barry Katz, who I also happens to represent Ben Glebe was telling me, don't do that game show. The whole show is you're m- being made fun of on TV. And I said, well, I see your point, and you shouldn't do everything. 
that they offer you. But I said, it's on the Game Show Network. Even if I get made fun of, what's the worst I could have? No one watches that that channel, that I know at least. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he's like, that's true. You have a good point. And I was like, and I could win money. And maybe I won't get made fun of. He's like, yeah, it's true. You could do it if you want to do it. So me and Jake go on the Game Show. And we had prepared... <laughs> All these jokes that if Ben Glebe started making fun of us, that we were going to make fun of him back oh. <laughs> on the show. So we get on the show, and he actually didn't make fun of us at all. So we didn't make fun of him either. It was just, uh, you know, he made like a couple little jokes, but they weren't like at us. They were just him trying to be funny on the show. Yeah. And we end up winning the whole uh, show. We won... Uh, he won ten grand, and we split it. So we each got five grand on the show. We won the episode. Somehow it finds out that I work for Barry Katz, and Barry Katz represents Ben Glebe. Oh. And because of that relationship, they have the right at any time, because I'm not supposed to know anyone involved in the show. Uh. And I don't know Ben Glebe, but I've met him, and I know his manager. And because of that relationship... They're scared that it'll come out that I won or got on the show in a non-normal uh, manner or something like that. Yeah. So they have the right to not air any episode they want not want to air. And if they don't air the episode, you don't get paid. So I just found out this week they're not airing my episode. Ugh. And I'm not getting my game show winnings Ugh. because of that situation. I got Hollywooded. Dude. Jesus. Man. Part of being cut out of commercials, <laughs> cut out of game shows, yeah. and I don't care about the uh, not being aired on TV. But no, I, that five grand could have been. Uh, Wait, did you already mentally nice spend chunk. it? I had ideas of where I was going <laughs> to mentally spend it. Oh, yeah, and tell that. That's why you never post about stuff until it actually happens <laughs> and i i've seen I, so many yeah people. i've seen that and I, that's actually uh, do we have time for another quick story yeah i uh i thought i was doing the show uh uh naked and afraid this year <laughs> i was about to use that for your intro okay so basically what happened with naked and afraid <laughs> i was actually in las vegas with my cousin yeah and uh her dad which is also my cousin <laughs> was telling me about the show Naked and Afraid. I had never heard of it, but he was saying he watches it every week and he really enjoys it. And I was like, that sounds like an awesome show. I want to do that show. <laughs> and I've also turned this into a bit, so if you've heard this, I'm sorry, but it's a real story. And I was like, I want to do this show. And he said, you can't do that, Ari. You're a Jewish comedian. They take professional survivalists on the show. And I was like, yeah, but I, I'm a man. I could survive. <laughs> I want to do this. So I made like this whole survival resume and sent it <laughs> into the Discovery Channel <laughs> to get on the show. And they called me, really interested. And they had, I had like a 30-minute Skype interview with the producers of the show. They seemed to like me a lot. They said, make a video of yourself out in the wilderness surviving. So I went out to Runyon Canyon. <laughs> 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 and I like made this whole survival video. And Do you know anything about surviving like legitimately? Yes. <laughs> he's, yes, he's I do. Shaking his head no while he says yes. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, so I sent in this sur- survival tape, and they loved it. So they had me come out to their. They got me a hotel room in near the airport, and they had me come to like their finalist meeting. 
where they're taking all the people they want to put on the show and go through the last testing. So I had to answer 600 questions. I had to <sighs> meet with a psychiatrist to make sure I'm not crazy. I met with a doctor. I got a whole physical. They took my blood, everything. I met with the creators of the show and they were talking to me and I did this on-camera interview. Like It was the finals. you know. I was yeah. like, this is it. And after that, they're like, okay, if you're going out of town after this, you have to let us know. Um, and I signed a contract and everything. I signed the contract saying how much they were going to pay me, saying what I had to do, everything. So I was like, I got this. And then um, I found out as well recently that I did not get it this season. They said, we're going to keep you in the running for next season, which is why I am still a survival expert. Ari <laughs> <laughs> Menace is a survival expert. <laughs> so that's... Uh, too Hollywood, but what you were saying, you don't want to tell people. I told, I've been doing, I've been talking about it on stage that I'm going to be on that show, Dude, and I'm not going to be on the show. He's been being introduced at comedy shows. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, he's about to be on the upcoming season of Naked and Afraid. Please welcome Mario Man on stage. But even after I found out I'm not going to be on it, I've still been uh, talking about it on stage. <laughs> Dude, I love it. Dude, you're an awesome guest, man. Thank you oh, so much. Oh, thanks for having for, uh, me, guys. Coming by. Uh, what can uh, you plug for uh, yourself yeah, other yeah. than uh, standuptalk.com? You, you know, all I would say just, you know, add me on Facebook, Ari Manis, or go to my website, arimanis.com, where I just keep you up to date with everything I'm doing. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Dude, love you, buddy. Thanks so much for coming by. Love yeah. you guys, too.